Today's episode is sponsored by Newspapers.com, the largest online newspaper archive. Newspapers.com makes it easy to find your family's story. With more than half a billion digitized newspaper pages from the 1690s to today. Search for obituaries, marriage announcements, birth announcements, photos, and more in papers from across the United States, the UK, Canada, and beyond, stretching back three generations. For listeners of this podcast, Newspapers.com is offering 20% off a Publisher Extra subscription. Just use the coupon code FAMILYTREEMAGAZINE at checkout. That's code FAMILYTREEMAGAZINE, all one word, for 20% off Publisher Extra. Welcome to the November 2023 episode of the Family Tree Magazine podcast. I'm Lisa Louise Cook. In this episode, genealogist and author Thomas McKinty is here to explore the important topic of artificial intelligence, also known as AI, and the impact it's having on genealogy. Then in our Family History Home segment, author and Family Tree University instructor Lisa Alzo is back to help you get started writing your family history. Then we'll stop by the editor's desk where Family Tree Magazine's digital editor, Melina Papadopoulos, has the latest on some great new free content available to you over on our website, FamilyTreeMagazine.com. As always, there's a lot to cover, so let's get to it. First up is Tree Talk. Rachel Christian is the social media editor at Family Tree Magazine, and she's back once again to tell us about what's trending in the world of genealogy. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me, as always. I wish that I had something fun to talk about today, but unfortunately, uh, the topic for today is a data breach that occurred uh, over at 23andMe. I'm sure most of our listeners are aware, uh, but if not, just quickly... 23andMe confirmed that um, a hacker had gained access to user data on the site, which was then posted for sale on a crime forum. And the extent of the breach has not been confirmed, but we do know that the data includes display names, uh, birth years, and some, some genetic information, but not actual raw genetic data. Uh, the Hacker also seems to have focused on those of Ashkenazi Jewish descent as well as those of Chinese descent. And the legitimacy of the data has not been confirmed, but out of an abundance of caution, 23andMe is now requiring users to change their passwords and encouraging people to opt into two-factor authentication. So this is not new for genealogists. I mean, there have been you know, several so-called data breaches in the past couple years, I think immediately of the 2018 data breach over at MyHeritage. Uh, so unfortunately, it's it's a part of life for genealogists, and it's inevitably a part of the future. So I just wanted to encourage our users to practice good, practice good data security habits. Uh, this particular instance at 23andMe, the hacker seems to have used a technique called credential stuffing, I think it's called, which basically means they found login information that was compromised from other compromised sites. And those logins were the same logins 
for 23andMe. So these users you know, use the same login information on both of these sites. And that's how the hacker was able to gain access to 23andMe. And then they also exploited the, what is it called? The DNA relatives feature uh, on 23andMe, which, you know, led them to all these other accounts. So it is best practice to make sure that you are using strong passwords and unique logins for all of your, all of your sites, but specifically sites with important data, um, genealogy websites being one of those. Uh, And also just to always make sure that you are familiar with the sharing settings on all the websites that you sign up for. uh, So you know, you know, what you might be opted into automatically. So, you know, just basic stuff, but good to always good to remind ourselves and uh, take an extra second to make sure that we are up to date on our security practices. Our Genealogy Insider this week, which will have already gone out by the time you're listening to this, uh, includes a bunch of other tips for genealogists about data privacy. So I encourage our users, um, listeners, if they would like to you know, stay abreast of genealogy news to subscribe to the Genealogy Insider. It's our once a week newsletter that um, recaps the major events in the genealogy world for the past week. And a link to subscribe to that will be in the show notes, of course. So that's my story. Go out there and uh, make sure you're practicing good habits. Yeah, it's very good advice. And it, you know, it's so tempting to reuse the same login credentials for everything because there's so many and mm-hmm. we have to keep track of them. But it sounds like it's worth the trouble. Always good to talk to you, Rachel. Thank you so much. Hello, this is genealogy expert and author Thomas McKenty, and I'm here today to talk to you about AI, artificial intelligence, and how it will impact genealogy and family history research. So let's uh, go through, and my goal here is to help you navigate many of the issues that are involved. You may have heard a lot about AI in the recent months, so let's get started. In a nutshell, what is AI? So let me give you a general definition. AI stands for artificial intelligence, and it represents computer-based systems that can mimic human intelligence. Uh, The goal is to have these systems perform human tasks. So this could be as simple as entering a customer service-related question on a company's website, and then having AI generate a response. Now, that might appear like simple stuff, You know, the computer just looks up a response and posts it to the chat panel. But AI-based systems might prompt you with more questions in order to generate the most helpful answer. Here's another example. You could ask ChatGPT, which is one of the most popular AI platforms, to compose a poem about genealogy. And then let's take it one step further. You could add in the style of Shakespeare. Keats, Robert Frost, Maya Angelou, and it would actually do that. Now, the most discussed features of artificial intelligence are deep learning and generative AI. Let me explain those terms. Deep learning mimics the human brain in that it looks for patterns using vast amounts of information to interpret photos, audio, and text. 
Generative AI actually generates new photos, audio, and text based on information provided by you, the user. And again, it uses its own database of training data to understand patterns and generate output that matches the user's query. Here are some of the ways that AI is being used in the genealogy space right now. And believe it or not, it has been used for several years now, but at a fairly low and barely detectable level. Family photos. My Heritage has been offering a variety of photo enhancement tools over the past three years, and they include ways to colorize images and make them clearer. In addition, there are tools that can animate an ancestor based on a photo and even help determine the date of an image based on characteristics such as fashion styles, hairstyles, and more. The new Reimagine tool announced recently offers all these tools as an easy-to-use app. Transcription. The National Archives and Records Administration, NARA, in conjunction with Ancestry and Family Search, used artificial intelligence to index the 1950 U.S. Census population schedules when they were released in April 2022. Entries made by enumerators were scanned and transcribed, then released for use at a much faster rate than what was accomplished with manual indexing performed for the 1940 U.S. Census, which was released in 2012. So in the 1950 U.S. Census, users were encouraged to review the transcriptions and submit corrections as part of a community effort by genealogists and other researchers. And then DNA matches. You know, over 30 million people have used personal DNA testing kits such as 23andMe, Ancestry DNA, and they all leverage AI to find connections between testers based on shared DNA data. Now, given the sheer amount of information involved, these match results can only happen with artificial intelligence. There are pros and cons to AI. Let's start with the pros. Here's what I like about AI being used in genealogy. Analyzing vast amounts of data. You know, it's just not humanly possible for us to analyze all of this information and to look for connections. Better understanding of migration patterns and motivations, even fan club relationships, the impact of social history on our ancestors. So we may not see those connections with our human minds, but artificial intelligence can find them for us. Translation and transcription. As already demonstrated with the release of the 1950 U.S. Census images, AI promises to make transcription and translation of record images faster and easier. I recently uploaded a newspaper clipping from a historical newspaper that had not yet been digitized, and AI did an amazing job in transcribing the content. Timelines and mapping. For those genealogists who want to fill in that dash between an ancestor's birth date and death date, AI can help build complex timelines as well as map event dates to locations so that we can better understand how our ancestors lived. Now let's go to the cons. What are the pitfalls of AI? So a lot of people see AI as a panacea and that it can cure many problems that come with genealogy research, but AI can also be a Pandora's box filled with its own set of problems. First off is lack of transparency. That's one of the biggest issues right now is we don't know what data is being used as reference material. Where is it coming from? Also, recognizing AI-generated content. You know, if I see a photo 
of something on the internet that's AI generated, I may not know it's AI generated. There's no watermarking. There's no source citations on content. Bias. There have been studies that prove that many AI platforms can be biased, especially since content used as reference material was supplied by humans. So the same biases we see in race, gender, and age are easily replicated by artificial intelligence. Copyright. Many copyright and intellectual property issues related to AI have popped up in the last year. Recently, U.S. courts have ruled that content created by artificial intelligence cannot be copyrighted. In addition, several content creators, including authors and performers, have sued the major AI platforms such as ChatGPT and Bard for scraping copyright content from the Internet to help create AI-generated content. And false information. As platforms using AI gather information, who or what determines what is true and what is false? Recent example is a law firm submitted a legal filing created by artificial intelligence, and it resulted in a list of fictitious court cases to support the legal arguments. There's also, this is a really good reason why we need human review and have it required before relying upon AI-generated content. Privacy violations. Artificial intelligence can quickly collect data entered at genealogy platforms when performing research and create family trees. In addition, users are tracked as to searches performed and this data is analyzed to create new features and products. More importantly, DNA data is captured and despite privacy policies that ensure the use of only metadata, recent computer hacks at vendors such as 23andMe have caused a steep decline in the number of people using personal DNA test kits. And the high cost. While not often discussed, deploying artificial intelligence can be expensive for vendors, resulting in higher prices for the genealogy consumer. The machines and servers that are used for AI processes require more powerful chips, as well as simply just more power to run. Besides an increase in costs, there are environmental and climate impact costs through the need for more energy to power AI computers. So where do I see AI and genealogy in the next five years? Well, here's a short list of what I think we'll see in the next five years. DNA triangulation tools that will quickly determine relationships on family trees. Conversion of handwriting into searchable texts, including older forms of English and German handwriting. Creation of source citations for a variety of records using specific formats such as MLA, Evidence Explained, and AP style. Discovering connections between fan club members using digitized historical newspaper content. Identification of ancestors in old family photos based on traits such as facial features, including connecting family members based on similar traits. And suggesting records for expanding genealogical searches, including those records not yet digitized. Well, thanks for listening to this portion of the Family Tree Magazine podcast on artificial intelligence. Hi, I'm Lisa Alzo, a freelance writer, instructor, and lecturer. I'm also a longtime contributor to Family Tree Magazine and an instructor for Family Tree University. I'm happy to be back on the Family Tree Magazine podcast to discuss writing your family history. 
When we decide to write about our ancestors, some of the most popular formats include a full book that includes everything you know about an ancestor or a family in narrative form, or perhaps a series of short stories that focus on one ancestor or one family group or one event, or a compiled history that's more facts and data based on years of genealogy research. Whichever format you choose, it's good to have a focus, decide what you want to write about, who you want to write about, and who your audience is going to be. Is it going to be just your family, or do you wish to publish your story more widely, perhaps selling it from one of the popular uh, publishing uh, platforms out there. So it's always good to just decide on your focus and then start with an outline or storyboard, maybe get some index cards, three by five index cards, write key points and and information on those index cards, and then arrange them in a logical order. You can also use a software program for this called Scrivener, S-C-R-I-V-E-N-E-R, by Literature and Latte. And it's a project management tool that you can purchase or you can try for free for 30 days. And it will help you write your manuscript in pieces and then compile it all together into a format such as a print book, an ebook, or perhaps uh, in an online format if you're interested in writing a blog. Scrivener has many templates that you can use to help accomplish your writing tasks and format your manuscript. If this is your first project, I would recommend that you start small, maybe with a series of ancestor profiles. Uh, starting with one ancestor at a time. And the profiles can range from one page to 10 pages or more, depending on how much information you have about that person. And then once you write about one ancestor, then you can start on the next and the next and hopefully build that momentum until you have a full family history book. Now, I know there are many things that can trip us up when we start to write our family history. One of the biggest pitfalls or traps that you see people fall into is that they fear the blank page. You see a blinking cursor on your computer screen or a blank page in your notebook, and you just don't know where to start writing. But you have to start somewhere. So just sit down and and put your thoughts down. Start the story Uh, Maybe use an enticing quote uh, if you have an oral history interview, maybe write from a photograph or a document, or if you have a diary or a letter from an ancestor, start with uh, something from from that uh, piece of information. And then just keep writing. You can always go back and fix any grammatical mistakes, any punctuation errors, spelling errors. Later on, you can also add your source citations in later. So don't let the lack of information stop you from writing. You just need to sit down, put something on the page, and then move on. Come back later to revise and polish it. You can also write a bad first draft. 
it's okay. Most of us have the peril of perfectionism. We think we have to be perfect from the start when we write and nobody gets it right on the first try. So just sit down, clear your mind and start writing. Also, remember that you can write even if you're not done with your research, because if you wait till you are done with your research, you will never get a narrative started. Perhaps you're thinking about writing your family story in November as part of NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month. That is a challenge where you sign up and you pledge to write 50,000 words for the month of November. I know it sounds intimidating, but it can be a great exercise uh, and a great motivator for getting your family history written. So if you're planning to sign up, I, I wish you much luck in, in getting your project completed. I'd like to thank Family Tree Magazine and Lisa Louise Cook for having me back to talk about my favorite subject, writing a family history. And I wish you lots of luck as you begin this exciting process. Hello, this is Melina Papadopoulos, the digital editor for Family Tree Magazine. I'm happy to be back at the editor's desk for November's episode of the Family Tree Magazine podcast. This month, I am proud to share updated versions of two of our most valuable information-packed free downloadable ebooks. These ebooks are our Organizing Your Genealogy ebook and our Military Records ebook. The Organizing Your Genealogy ebook includes tips from experienced genealogists on how to keep your research organized through every step of the research process. There are also handy strategies for helping you keep your paper clutter under control which I know a lot of us can use if we like to use paper throughout the research process, but don't always know where to put it or where to keep it and where to find it when we really need it. You can also find several worksheets that allow you to keep track of important information as you research, as well as take notes. Our military records ebook is perfect for anyone searching for ancestors who served in the military. You can find actionable tips for combing through and understanding service records and draft records, there's also a whole lot of information specifically dedicated to Civil War records. And we also have a guide that will help you navigate the very helpful website for military records known as Fold3. You can also find a military records checklist that allows you to make note of the records you have so far as you in your research. And we also have a list of common military acronyms. So that way you don't have to worry about stopping your reading of records every two seconds just to go check and make sure you understand what a, a certain term means. You can Instead, you could just go right to the download, check for the acronym you're looking for, and know right away that that's what it means. These ebooks are completely free to download and read whenever you want. I will include the link to the page to these downloads in our show notes. They are always available on the Family Tree Magazine website, familytreemagazine.com. I hope you enjoyed the updated versions of these ebooks, and I wish everyone happy researching. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Family Tree Magazine podcast, the show from America's number one genealogy magazine. 
As always, I'll have links on the show notes webpage at familytreemagazine.com slash podcast to everything that we talked about in today's show, including a terrific offer from the sponsor of this episode, newspapers.com. It is the largest online newspaper archive. Newspapers.com is your ultimate resource for discovering your family's history. You can explore more than 800 million newspaper pages in their vast collection spanning three centuries. So as a listener of today's show, Newspapers.com is extending that discount to you for 20% off on a Publisher Extra subscription. Just use the code FAMILYTREEMAGAZINE when you check out. That's FAMILYTREEMAGAZINE all together at checkout at newspapers.com. And of course, if you're listening through uh, one of your favorite podcast app, we really appreciate it when you uh, give us a five-star review, let people know that you're enjoying the show. And until next time, I'm Lisa Louise Cook. Have fun climbing your family tree. Mm-hmm.